0: Hey guys, thanks for checking out our message this week. For more content like this, check out vineyardlive.us. If you are interested in getting to know more of who we are as a church, check out thevineyardchurch.us. Well, welcome. It's great to see you here this morning on an awesome morning that we get to worship together, which is a privilege that we never want to uh, lose or take for granted. And so, so grateful and so thankful we have the chance to worship together Um, If you don't know, I'm Jim Plank at work as a campus pastor here, and we have some great friends with us this morning that are going to be part of our service, and I'm excited about that. But I have a couple things I want to tell you about first before we jump into that and just let you know and kind of keep you up to date. Um, You know, if you don't know our mission, no matter whether you're here at this campus or whether you're in Urbana at that campus or whether you are online listening to us, is really to change the world with Jesus, and we don't uh, think that's just the mission of the church. It's the mission of all of us together corporately because we are the church. You, as people, are the church. It's not a building. And so, we are inviting you to go along with us on that journey, and I'm excited to have you uh, here with us this morning in this location, and I want to just kind of keep you up to date on what's going on and let you know what's happening so that you can stay with us. One of the things that's happening, again, which is exciting for me, is that we are doing a young adult uh, small group, which is actually going to be meeting at the house, which is over on the corner of this property, uh, at 6.30 on Tuesday. If you want more information, you can simply check it out on Facebook or you can check with Nita Coons, who actually leads that group. But that are, if you might think you're young, but let me just tell you this, kind of how this works. If you're about 18 to about 30, if you're over 30, I don't know if you're young anymore, but we're going to kind of say that's kind of an age range that we're looking at for particularly that group. So if you're in that age range and you wanted something to do, that would be great. We'd love to have you join us over there on Tuesday nights. Also, uh, just to let you know, I can't remember what the second thing was I was supposed to tell you about. Oh, I know what it was. We're doing Kingdom Kids Declaration, so we can come on up. Uh, I know that all of you are kids, and so we're going to invite all of you to stand. This is where I can tell you, you you're not young if you're over 30, but you're a kid, so you can stand up anyway. So, I know I contradicted myself, but that's all right, because we believe that God's declaration for us, whether we are little or whether we are big kids, we are children of God. So, we're going to do it together. Um, Got some folks to help do the to help do the motion, so you can just follow along where the words are on the screen, and we'll do it all together. So let's go. God is my king, and He is in a good mood. In His kingdom, I am loved, healed, and set free by the blood of Jesus. I am His child, filled with His Spirit, and sent to do the impossible. <sighs> all right. You know, we say this every Sunday, but I am actually finding that to be an interesting thing that's kind of becoming a little bit part, more part of my routine throughout the week as I remember who I am a little bit more clearly when I remember those words. So, grateful that we have that opportunity. Also, we are, I, I just want to say this, we're so grateful that you are people who are generous. You know, your generosity matters in God's kingdom. And it not only matters because of what, what happens, but it matters because of your heart often follows kind of your money. And actually, what God wants is a connection with you personally as an individual. And we simply say it this way. We say, your tithes and offerings help really the kingdom of God to move forward. But your tithe is simply 10% of your earnings given through the local church. Uh, And we do things like go here, near, and far away, which this morning we're going to talk about that just a little bit uh, with our friends. And so, as you give this morning… I just want to say thank you. Your generosity does matter, and we won't be passing an offering bag, but as you go out, there are boxes there, or you can simply give online, which is probably the easiest way to give. Um, You don't have to touch anything that way. You can simply do it on your phone or your device. Just go to the website, thevineyardchurch.us, and you can give right there. We'd love to have you do that. So, go ahead and bless that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your goodness in our lives, and thank you that you uh, give us over and over. You give us resources, and we have the opportunity to steward them and I pray that we would steward wisely the resources that you've given, whether it's our time, our energy, or our financial resources. Father, would you bless them and multiply them and let your kingdom come right here today, right where we live. Thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we have a great opportunity this morning, like I said, to hear some, from some friends that we don't very often see. You may see pictures of them. I was just telling uh, Steve and Anna that you know, many of you don't know who they are, although we have known each other for a long time. But many of you don't know, but Stephen and Anna are missionaries to Zacatecas, Mexico, and this morning we have the opportunity to hear from them uh, right here live and in person. So would you welcome them to stage with me? You know, I, like I said, I know you guys don't know them as well as I know them, but actually in Mark 15, uh, 16 it says, Jesus said this, He said, "'Go into the world and preach the good news to everyone.'" Now, we would say this about that. We would say the good news to everyone uh, simply means to everyone, whether you're here, near, or far away, which are words that we frequently use in our context here in church. But these guys happen to be doing this far away thing right now. And so, I thought it would be helpful to hear some perspective and hear a little bit about what we believe that means as we move forward. You know, I know it's a huge and it's a challenging and somewhat overwhelming task for you there as well as for us here, no matter where you might be task is still um, somewhat overwhelming. And we often say things like, um, when, we're, when we're here, we would say, we're ministering here to the people who are around us. They're simply ministering there, away, and the people who are around them. So, similarly, our mission is actually not that different. It's just in a different location. So, we want to talk about that a little bit this morning. And thank you guys for being here. It's great to have you um, this morning. So, just I uh, wanted them to introduce themselves, first of all, and kind of tell you who they are and give you a little context for their situation, and we're going to talk a little bit from there.
1: Thanks, Jim. Well, I'm Stephen. And, and I'm Anna Price.
0: And we're the missionaries
1: in Zacatecas, Mexico. And um, to kind of give you a quick outlook, I didn't really do this in first service, but where we're at in Zacatecas is in the middle of the country in Mexico, um, and it does not look like this part of Illinois at all. Uh, it's not flat. We've got a lot of peaks, a lot of uh, cliffs. Um, A
2: lot of cactus.
1: We're actually at uh, 8,000 feet in elevation is our average. Um, So it's it's quite different than uh, the flatlands of Illinois. Um, We've been in Mexico for seven years now. Uh, Four years of that, we've been church planting in a little community called CTM. Um, And that's where God's called us to raise up leaders and uh, work in this church plant and hopefully turn it over to, to some local
0: leaders. So, you guys had kind of a great call in your life, and I think it's always interesting to hear for all of us, um, how each of us, no matter who, but particularly you this morning, how did that call happen? Because I think it helps to empower the rest of us to begin to think about our call. So, how did it happen? How did the call happen for you guys?
2: Yeah. So, I'm glad to have the youth in the room this morning, because my story started, or my call to mission started when I was 14. 14. There was a conference at the Vineyard in Urbana. It was a national conference, I think, in 2002. And, uh, you know, with the evening sessions of the conference, there was ministry time at the end. And so they said, if you feel like God might be calling you to a career in ministry, come forward for prayer. So, remember I was 14. I thought that my call was uh, to be a, a youth pastor. Because I thought the best thing in the world would definitely be youth, because I was 14. Um, Missions was somewhere in the back of my mind, but I definitely wasn't thinking that way when I went up for prayer. And when I went up for prayer, the young lady that prayed for me, she took a few minutes to listen to the Holy Spirit. And then what she said to me was super simple. She just said, does the word missions mean anything to you? That's exactly how she said it. And even though that was so simple, I felt it so strong. You know, I felt like a physical jolt in my body. I felt my spirit say, yes, that's it. You know, that's what we've been waiting for. I felt a a pure yes. Yes, missions mean something to me. I don't know what. I don't know when, where, with whom, but yes. And so then I started going on the mission trips, you know, that often high school ministries and college ministries do. Spent a week working with the Vineyard of Mexico, and then I started spending my summers working with the Vineyard of Mexico, continuing to get uh, confirmation on what God had said.
1: And for me, it wasn't such a a clear plan. I had always known from an early age that I was called to go into the ministry, um, but I didn't exactly have that specific calling, you're going to be a missionary. Um, So it's kind of funny when I get people ask me, you know, what, how, how was the call for you? And I'm always like, it was a little bit more vague. It wasn't exactly A, B, C, do this, and this will happen, and so on. Um, but I think it was, I was kind of asking the Lord about, like, how do I explain that to people? And He said, well, I made you so you could partner with your wife and the call that I have on her life. And it was just kind of a unique thing. And I hadn't actually seen what a partnership like that would look like until we, um, I'm originally from Southern Illinois, from Marion. Um, and so when, she brought me up here to Champaign where you did the internship. Um, I saw how it was modeled with Hap and Die there in Urbana and saw that it's a partnership between husband and wife. It's not one above the other. And I could actually kind of feel comfortable working with my wife in this call together. And I think that was why God was maybe not that clear on what your plan's going to be.
0: I just find it interesting that their calls were, they ended up at the same place. But their calls were very different as opposed to one another. So, yours was a little more vague. Yours was a little bit more direct and clear. And sometimes I think it's easy for us to, and maybe you guys won't even speak to this, it's easy for us to kind of like think because my call wasn't direct and clear, it must not be God's call. Or we think because it was direct and clear, that's the exact thing. Did you guys find that true?
2: Right, because then I, so at 14, I, I had the long-term picture, but... There was eleven years between feeling that call that night and actually leaving to become a missionary. So there was a lot of in between. Okay, God, you know, I know this is what you want, but how do I get there? How long do I wait? Do I leave tomorrow?
1: (laughs) Well and, and as millennials, a lot of times people like to say that, oh you guys are just you're the microwave culture. You guys really want it done, you want it now. But we had to be patient and really kind of going, okay, God, where are you leading us? How do we follow your spirit in this? And it's not something that's going to be a month or two months or even a week. It's going to be longer than a, a year. It's going to be a couple of years down the road. Even though we're, there's uncertainty, we can trust that God always has a plan for us.
0: And it really was a step-by-step thing for both of you, right? Just yours was a little longer journey than maybe yours was. But it was a step-by-step faithful to what God's call was right there.
1: right. And I think as
0: we even go along,
1: even in our church plant, it's a process that I think if we had skipped some of the earlier parts in that 11 years, I don't know that we would be able to see the fruit that we see now, because what you learn in this moment where you go, God, what are you doing? Where are you at? He's teaching you. He's showing you. He's revealing things to you. And it kind of builds. I know we don't like to try and think that God's maybe methodical, but he kind of builds on
0: us. We need that structure.
2: Like the things you learn in the hard times are what take you to the big times. Or the...
0: Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I wanted to add that, but you added it, so that's great. It wasn't—I uh, didn't have to add it. But did you hear that? What she said: the things you add, you learn in the hard times. You, you know, we we want to skip the hard times, right? I'm I'm with you. I'm not just—I'm not <laughs> preaching today. Everyone else in the choir, but you know, we want to skip the hard times because we're not sure that it's really in God's plan, or that it's the best for us, uh, because it's hard. They don't feel very good. Uh, And so as we move forward in life so many times, we walk through the hard times, but God's walking with us. He's not leaving us. He's not abandoning us. But at the same time, so for some of you, I think it actually might be a word today for some of you who are in hard times right now, Mm -hmm. is that what Father's actually speaking is he's like, you know what? Instead of just moaning and groaning about how hard it is, can we change our perspective to think about, like right now, what, what can I be learning about myself, about those people around us? Uh, about the people God's called me to serve. Um, How can we step into more? Because it's really God's call on all of us. It doesn't matter whether you're in ministry here or near or far away. His call doesn't change and is not any different in any of those situations. So, bring us up to date a little bit. That's my preaching part of it. Bring us up to date a little bit where you guys kind of are like from that point of kind of like, okay, you went to Mazelan seven years ago or not Mazalan. I was in Mazalan. you were in Zacatecas, <laughs> uh, seven years ago. So it kind of give us a little bit of a journey through that and what's going on.
2: Yeah, so we moved there in 2013, seven years ago, to Zacatecas. And then four years ago, uh, we were sent out as church planters. So in the last four years, we've been working in a church plant there in Zacatecas. And our passion there is really to raise up local leaders, to train them, um, Because our dream is to hand the church off to them, for them to pastor and, you know, do church. And for us to move on to something else. You know, another dream that God's given us. And another ministry we work with, besides the church planting, is uh, really unique. We go up once a month to a village way up further into the mountains than where we live. Uh, The journey from our house is about four hours. It's uh, two hours driving on Good Road and then about two hours off-roading, okay? So.
0: Last service I
1: said she walked and she said, I don't walk.
2: I, I, I don't walk.
1: <laughs> we're talking 120 miles max from where we're at in Sacatecas so to the village and it takes us four hours. Four hours just yeah. to put that in a bit of perspective.
2: So once we get there, why do we go that far? It's a really unique place with a people called the Weecho people. They're an indigenous group. They have their own language besides Spanish that they speak. They have their own uh, traditional dress still. Some of the jewelry we have on the table is what they make to make a living. They also have their own religion that many people still follow. It's uh, shamanism, you know, witch doctor type stuff. And so out of this village of about 450 people, in the last seven years we've seen it go from a really tension-filled, hostile place to now, I think, including kids and everything, there's probably about 100 Christians in the village. And also in the last couple of years, there's been at least 15 people baptized a year, and a... A couple from the village has risen up to pastor the village. We only go up there once a month, but they have meetings once a week and you know check in with their people and really feel a call to their people and their village. So that's so, all been really exciting. Did you
0: guys catch the numbers? You want to say those again? I, this I it was like 400 and how many people? 400? I
2: figure the village is about 450 people. The census doesn't really get up there. What, but about
0: 100, 100 Christians.
2: I think about 100 Christians. That's yeah. really
0: awesome. Did you like that's 25 percent of the people. That have been over the last seven years or number of years have been have come to know Jesus. So, like, we sometimes think about numbers and we get kind of bogged down in things and we're like, "Is God really working?" No, obviously He's working. He's like, it's like if you were in a in a large town of ten thousand people, you know, and you you saw that kind of numbers, you would be like, "Wow, that's twenty five hundred people that came to know the Lord." So, it's it's just I think it's just exciting to hear what God's doing in a place that maybe we wouldn't always be inclined to reach reach out to. So. Um, I don't know if we're going add to that, Stephen. I just kind of butted in there on you, but <laughs> feel free. Um, kind of, I know you talked about this last service a little bit. Kind of give us a little vision going, what are you thinking? Like you talked about maybe a call to even more the dream that God's given you. Do you want to just talk to that a little bit? So
1: recently we've had a... a a training opportunity working with discipleship making movements, um, which is a, a movement going on globally. Uh, they've had a lot of success in Africa. Uh, you've probably heard of it, DMM style uh, churches. Uh, it's something that the AGLIs, uh, they're also missionaries out of our, out of the vineyard here in central Illinois. Um, and it's essentially putting the church with friends and outside of a traditional church building. So it's more in small group style church. We've seen a lot of success with it. We actually started doing that in our church uh, due to COVID-19. We had to adapt. And where we're at, actually, our community, people don't have that great of internet access. Not everybody has Wi-Fi. Um, And so they're using their cell phones for the data, and they're running out of data because they're watching our sermons. And so they're like, I didn't see everything because my phone ran out of internet. So we had to try and think, what are we going to do? We have to adapt. And so we started doing these small groups. We just told people, hey, you know, I think you're a people gatherer. Why don't you gather some of your friends, some of your family, and do these small groups? Um, And it's actually going really well. And so with the training that we did um, before that, we got, Anna and I were invited to uh, originally translate for a guy who's doing a conference um, in Latin America. And then later he's like, no, actually I'll just coach you guys on it. And I want you guys to teach it. So we're actually, uh, starting at the end of this month, beginning of September, we'll be starting uh, a training on DMM style churches throughout Latin America. So we're going to be actually reaching countries like, uh, Cuba, Venezuela, Colombia, Chile, um, various parts of South and Central America, uh, for the gospel. For Vineyard church planters. So we're helping them and equipping them with that. And it kind of ties into a larger vision that God's kind of recently been placed upon our hearts. Uh, just this last week, we met with Hap, um, Happy Layman out of the Vineyard in Urbana, and also Mike and Julie about what is God really calling us to down the road. And so as we kind of close out what we're doing in Zacatecas, in we really feel God calling us to uh, a larger platform We've been working with a national team there in Mexico. Uh, They've recently become independent on helping them structure. How do we plant churches? How do Mexicans get raised up to be church planters and grow the movement for the vineyard in Mexico? But we also don't just feel like God's calling us as a family to just Mexico. Uh, This is an opportunity through DMM to reach other nations. So we really feel God, being a global God that he is, Wants to really blow things up, and so we're just excited that we're getting to partner with him in doing that, and that you guys get to partner with us. So you're really having a huge impact around the world.
0: So uh, if uh, you mentioned how we get involved, or how people get involved here, and I know there's lots of different ways that people get involved. But do you, Anna, you want to just talk about that just a little bit, and just kind of give us an idea? Anna, I'm I'm sorry.
2: It's both. It's whatever. <laughs> Spanish and English is how that happened.
0: Uh, oh, so I'm speaking Spanish.
2: You, when you say Ana, you are speaking Spanish. I can speak Spanish. Look (laughs) at him. Good job, Jim. (laughs) So when you give a tithe and offering here in the vineyard of Central Illinois, a percentage of that goes towards supporting us. The majority of our monthly income, however, comes from individuals, uh, families who decide to partner with us on a monthly basis with financial support. So... Um, If you would like to be involved with that, we have some information out on the table out here, and we'd love to talk with you about that. Also, we need an even bigger circle of prayer support. Um, We go through hard times. We talked about that. And so we need to know that people in Sullivan have our back, (laughs) Uh, especially with prayer. A way you can do that really easily is... um, On Facebook, there's a group we started called Prayer for the Prices. And that's where I will put up an update, at least weekly, about something, you know, specific that we need prayer for. So that would be a really great way for you to get involved.
0: So that's just uh, just a kind of a snippet, but just to give you an idea of like the information that goes through. That. I think it's just really helpful for us to be able to stay in contact, to stay connected, and so using social media in a positive way. And you guys all know the other ways you can use it as well. But one positive way is actually stay connected with folks like Steven and Anna, who are actually out doing the stuff that you can be praying for, like specifically and things that are happening. And you mentioned just to go back a little bit to the school idea you mentioned last service. That might be in a different location, right?
1: Yeah, we're actually looking at, so right now we're in Zacatecas, and we're looking at a city called Guadalajara. So if you're familiar with Mexico at all, it's just south of us by about four hours, but it's a very central location. And I feel like the reason God's calling us there is it's a metropolis area, very vibrant, very uh, progressive in, in their education levels. Where we're at is very uh, closed um, just to new ideas, Um, whereas in Guadalajara, it's a population kind of similar to to New York City. So it's got a lot of young people, a lot of people that come from all over the country. Uh, Daily has flights from all over Mexico, so transportation is easy to get to. And they also have a lot of connecting flights or sending flights to other countries. So we kind of really feel like God's saying, hey, this is a a new place where there is actually no vineyard churches, um, but a a prime location for a church plant. Yeah,
0: awesome.
2: So what we'd like to do there is invite people, you know, on a national level from the vineyard in Mexico to come and learn how to church plant with us kind of as their coach. You know, so there would be two goals accomplished there. They would be trained and there would be a vineyard in Guadalajara. So.
1: And the way I like to explain it is it's kind of like Bethel School of Ministry, if you're familiar with. A lot of people go to Reading to learn how do you do the things. And so we're thinking, okay, we would like to do that, but within the vineyard. You know, like, let's use SOCOM, let's use DMM, let's use doing church, and really kind of almost make a, a, a life-on-life discipling type of model that really just produces solid Christians who want to follow Jesus and plant churches in Mexico
0: for the vineyard. And there are about 40 churches, you said, in the vineyard yes. right now, right, in Mexico. So, just to give you an idea of when they talk about planting churches, it's, there are a few, uh, but it's not like it's, it's by any means saturated. Uh, with vineyards there. So, um, you know, invitation is that let's do this together. And we talked about this, I talked about this in the opening, you know, our, our mission. What's our mission? Change the world with Jesus, right? So, it doesn't matter whether it's here, near, or far away, where they are. It's like we all have a part to play. So, we're invited into something that's bigger than ourselves. And because of the Jesus we all have, we have the opportunity because the Holy Spirit's given us the direction to go there. So, it's an opportunity that, to uh, in, be involved in a different way. So, thank you guys so much for what you're doing, and thanks for being here this morning. It's great to have you. Um, I'd love to pray over us and just invite the worship team to uh, come on up. We're going to go to a time of worship, and we'll do some ministry time together then as well for a couple songs. Father, we're so grateful for your blessings in our lives, and thank you that you love us, you care for us. Thank you that you have been so good to us. And I just pray now, even over us as we begin to worship you, Father, that our hearts and minds would be open to what you're doing in our our hearts right now. Lord, that we would be open to putting things aside, all the distractions of what's going on around us uh, would be gone, and that we'd allow ourselves to truly worship because you're worthy of all our praise and everything that we are. Lord, we give it back to you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message. We also have many messages available on vineyardlive.us. Get access to exclusive content when you sign up for the Vineyard Live Plus community. This allows you to watch our past conferences, trainings, and special teachings.